The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And on this episode of the podcast, of course, I have Jake Carlson rejoining me to talk about Oklahoma State football. So, Jake, I I guess we'll just go ahead and jump into it. I mean, I think we're both doing pretty well considering that, you know, of course, my house is not that power for a couple of days and, you know, recording via the AirPods if you're listening and the audio is a little bit different. That's why, you know, doing the best of what we can here, of course, we're in the podcast still weekly, but yeah, you're like Dana Holgerson now, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I get to be like Dana Holgerson, exactly who I want to be compared to at all times. The Houston coach, right? So, um... Any, what's the reference with the AirPods? So I have to ask. Oh no, reference with the AirPods. But uh, he just—he's the—he he lived in a hotel when he coached in Stillwater. Oh, that's right. He like never had a house. Yeah. 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 Well, fortunately, both little brothers and uh, mom, um, yeah, their mom, um, come hang out at the hotel and spend the night and then I spend the night with my dad and the dog at the house because one, the hotel doesn't have that many beds the room that we were able to get and two, hey, dog is very warm so not a bad deal I can take <laughs> off my dad and, and watch uh, you know, sleep on the iPod or whatever too so anyways, with that being said so last weekend's game, played Iowa State won by, what, three, 24-21, both of our predictions were off as much as we thought OSU would score, you know, and mm-hmm. I I definitely was expecting us to score points, for sure. Spencer Sanders definitely looked rusty, for sure. But all things, all things being said, I think that if, I think that I would feel a lot better, actually I know I'd feel a lot better if when we were driving down the field, and I believe we had 20, or I believe we had 17 points, or, or 21 maybe it was. When we were driving down the field, I'd feel a lot better if Spencer hadn't thrown the interception. Seems like we were driving down the field mm-hmm. there to kind of put it away. All right, let's, all right, we're up 21 to, I believe, 14 at the time. Let's go ahead and just put another 7 on the board, make it 28-14. And really put another nail in the coffin here and be good to go or I should say maybe the first nail in the coffin of you know another eight we need uh-huh. instead instead we were not able to do that unfortunately and and Spencer throws an interception they go down they score uh, from the interception granted you know, Iowa State did score off both of our turnovers but they had to Iowa State did have to drive much further down the field to score from the second turnover than the first one. Uh, the first one was almost like, hey, here's, you know, you know, here's the interception almost in your, you know, on your guys' you know, red zone basically. But we, you know, we, we did still hold serve when we came back and scored again. Granted it was a field goal, but won the game. What were your that was those are my takeaways from us. We still held on at the end, won the game and didn't make too many mistakes. I think I said I I think I said when we recorded the podcast, I think we can afford a couple mistakes, you know, turnover wise, even maybe a couple more than Iowa State has and still win the game, which is what happened. But what were your takeaways? Yeah, I mean, I I thought the defense looked, you know, really good as I guess we're becoming accustomed to seeing right now. Um, but 
realistically, we probably should have won by more points. And Spencer did look rusty, but it really was a 10 point game, right? Because they scored what? What was it like 49 seconds left in the game or something like that? Yeah, they scored at the touchdown. Right, they scored at the very, very end, and then they had to onside kick it. They didn't have enough time or timeouts or anything to do anything but onside kick it for a final chance. Yeah, and if they got it, then, you know, maybe we're talking about a different story, but it doesn't happen very often. Um, so either way, it doesn't really doesn't really matter. Um, but, yeah, it... I, I was impressed. I really was because I was kind of worried about Iowa State. And, you know, people want to say, well, we only won by three points. Well, okay. But <laughs> it didn't feel like a three-point win, I guess, is my point. So I, I was just – I was happy with it. I really was. Well, and you know who did not win by three points? Or, wait, who didn't win was OU. And that's the measuring stick right now for me. How do we play against common opponents – you know, down the stretch until we get to play OU. And mm-hmm. right now, this is the first common opponent we both had, I believe. And we seemingly at least won the game. Granted, OU played at Iowa State. We got to play them at home, et cetera, et cetera. I'm curious, of course, how we end up playing against Texas this weekend to see how that maps out because that this, this game could go bad. I mean, we've seen in the past where – all right, we should go in, we should win this game, it shouldn't be too much of a, you know, too much of a hard time, and be fine and good to go. But then again, we've also seen the opposite of it. We've seen that, hey, we should go in, should go win this game, and all right, we're fine. That West Virginia game. Wait, we should win this game. Even with the backup quarterback starting, we should win this game. All right, we're good. And this isn't, mm-hmm. this isn't, um, this is me talking about when we play KU, right? Like, KU, we should beat every single year. That should be a conversation. It's just by how much. This year, I think we beat KU by the normal amount of points and all type of stuff. We're good, whatever. Texas, of course, the next opponent, I I feel as though we could shut Sam Ellinger down. We shut down Brock Purdy pretty darn good on defense. Yeah, I, I'm anticipating um, our defensive scheme to be somewhat similar to Purdy. I'm anticipating that we're going to have a spy on Ellinger considering how bad he beat OU with his running ability. How many rushing touchdowns did he have in that OU game? Like three? Yeah, I got to look it up because Texas did not score like any points until overtime. And neither did OU, of course, because they went to OT, but they didn't, they didn't select score. It was just weird. Yeah. And it's, those of you that don't know a spy is exactly what it sounds like so they'll have whoever that middle linebacker is i don't know who's been playing it but they'll have that guy basically just watch ellinger and if he starts to run then he goes to get him and so it's almost like you're playing 10 on 10 in a sense because if you have one guy watching the quarterback you're relying on the other 11 or the other 10 to either cover or get to the quarterback right and then it's like so if you think of it that way that's that's the idea of a spy you know you get spies with players like Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson you know guys that run maybe Baker Mayfield probably gets got a spy when he was playing at OU Kyler Murray you know 
players like that. And I would assume that what we're going to try and do is just force Ellinger to throw the ball, which always seems the game plan against Texas, right? Since he's been there, we've just wanted him to throw the ball. And if I'm not mistaken, that's usually when they beat us is when he's able to beat us with his legs. Yeah, that's uh, that's very, very true. And and at the end of the day, we from this past game, we made Purdy not look pretty. Shout out to uh, Luke Alexander here for the suggestion on that, which might be the podcast title. Which, I don't know. But we we made Purdy not look pretty. We disrupted his game flow. We got in his face, and he wasn't able to be like the kind of the hero-esque, stretch out plays for longer than – you know, we're accustomed to, and I believe the, the way to beat Texas is, as you said, if you can stop Ellinger from rolling out and using his legs, if you can stop him from creating extra time in the pocket and from being the guy who can kind of roll out and, you know, give his receivers extra time to basically get, you know, get open, then we'll be fine. And I mm-hmm. think that's one of the things that we struggle with the most. And probably every team does. I don't think that we're any different than this is that when a quarterback is able to use his legs to create extra time, you know, and you have to cover both things. You have to have a, a linebacker or a defensive end make the read on, okay, do I get the halfback out here in the flat or do I go, or do I get the quarterback? Because one of them's making a move. And if you're a defensive end or a linebacker and you have to guess, right? you know, or safety, whoever it is. You have to guess, okay, do I just run up on the quarterback here, have a big hit, and stop him from gaining any yards at all? Or do I play a little bit safer, cover the running back, and understand that he's, you know, the running back or, or, you know, the slot receiver, whoever they've got in the flat, right, tight end, whoever it is. And Mm -hmm. I get one of those. I cover that guy instead who could really hurt us for a bunch of yards because the quarterbacks, especially in the Big 12, are not known for running a ton, you know, and, you know, basically, unless it's OU, their quarterbacks are not known for running in this year. I don't think Spencer Adler's known for being a dual threat. I think he can be, but Spencer Sanders, on the other hand, is, you know, he is known for mm-hmm. stretching the field and creating all the extra time. I, I did take a second here and looked it up. So what, what would worry me, of course, uh, two weeks ago, from this Texas game upcoming is that when Texas played OU granted the end, the final score at the end of the end of the day was 53, 45 OU. Right. But both mm-hmm. teams had, you know, 31 going into overtime. So the winning team scored 22 more points in overtime and the, the losing team still scored two more touchdowns. Right. I think I'm doing the math right to, to go, um, you know, still, still to keep it going to four overtimes. So we know Texas can score. That's easy. We know you can score. That's pretty darn easy too. But I guess to, to me, I, I think we can disrupt Sam Ellinger. You know, he, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to figure out exactly how many yards or whatever, all the type of stuff he had before overtime, before it really, you know, got down in the red zone and all type of stuff, whatever. But Oh gosh, now we're playing the ESPN video. But I, I will say is that 
I mean, so far, Ellinger is 61% of completions. He's had a total, through four games, 549 yards passing. I think the Spencer Sanders has that through two games. So, you know, granted, not a, not a lot to compare to, all type of stuff, whatever. But, um, oh, I'm so sorry, actually. That's just the away split. That's just the away games. I don't know if they counted that for the OU game or not. But... End of the day, I'm I'm looking at a bunch of stats, messing around with a bunch of stuff here. Texas is not that great of a team. They have lost two games. They've lost to TCU and OU. And even though the matchup predictor in ESPN doesn't favor us, it favors Texas 51% to OSU's, you know, 49%, we'll say, like 48.6. I, I still think that we, we should be in this game. We should win. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I told you this earlier, Texas is going to have like better recruits than we are. Right. We know that. So they, in a sense, they have better players than us. Right. I guess one, one could think that, um, but, but we've been playing better all year. And I, so I went and pulled up last year's game and they really kind of dominated us a little bit. Um, but like our last couple drives, we went field goal, downs, downs, interception, punt, fumble, touchdown. And so our touchdown came off of a muffed punt. So we already get the ball, you know, on Texas's 30-yard line. And so realistically, we score a garbage time touchdown with a minute and a half left. And we lose 36 to 30 when reality, if, if dude catches that punt, and we lose by two touchdowns. So thinking of that team we had last year versus this team, Sanders threw two picks, which I don't think that he can do again. Do you agree? I don't if, if he throws yeah. two picks, if he throws two picks uh Saturday, we're in the hole. Yes. Yes. If, if Sanders Sanders cannot have the same mistakes he did against Iowa State, because at the end of the day. Looking back through this, Texas has scored. Granted, it's against different opponents, but Texas has scored 63 against Texas Tech. That was a shootout. That was 63-56. But they've scored, you know, 30 and a lost 31 and a lost TCU. OU 31 in regulation again. I mean, 45 in overtime. And Baylor last week they scored 27. So we know Texas can score. That's that's mm. you know, that's the thing. But I can I want to say play defense. <laughs> that that's uh, that's one. And the other thing, I want to say we are usually the best defense they played the whole season. They played UTEP, Texas Tech, TCU, OU, Baylor, and and now us. I believe that coming into the game, statistically wise, West Virginia, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State are the best defenses in the Big Twelve as far as stats are concerned. Now. OU is probably close to up there or whatever, and TC is probably not far behind, so it's not a huge deal. But if, if if we are going to win games defensively, this is a big showing of it too. You know, like okay, we can slow down, we can stop Texas. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of what what I'm concerned with, right? Like. Is Texas probably the best offense that we've played so far this year? Yeah. So, 
Texas is going to play so far, Texas will be the best offense that we are going to play, right? So I guess that's where I'm a little concerned, I guess, um, because something's got to give, and that's, you know, that's this game. That's what we get. So, like, I, I'm nervous about it. Do, should we win? Yeah, absolutely. But it, that's always the question of will we win? I don't know. So I, I am trying to look through more through it. Now I'm trying to be more clear with everything I'm putting forward here and back up my arguments with some stats. So here we go with it, right? We have the best, as far as points allowed per game, Oklahoma State has the fewest points allowed per game in the Big 12 by almost 10 points. We have, you know, on average, 12.0 points um, per game allowed. Next team is West Virginia there with 21.8. So almost 10 points. I mean, I'm going to round it there and say that's 10 points, you know, better in at least points allowed for a game. And then, you know, West Virginia is a little bit different because they have played five games. We've only played four, of course, because we have the two weeks off. Baylor's third there, but they've only played three games. And then it goes down to K-State and everyone else. But everyone in the Big 12 is in there in like the 30s, He's going to be in the 20 to 30 range, and then it just drops off once it hits Texas Tech. Texas Tech's at 37 mm-hmm. points allowed per game, and then Kate, you're right behind there at 45. Texas is 30. They allowed 32 points per game on average. So small sample size here. Texas played five games. We played four. One of our opponents was Tulsa. I, you know, Texas, you know, one of their opponents was UTEP. So, we're right there in the mix with them. I believe Tulsa's definitely a tougher team and definitely has better offense than UTEP does. I don't think anyone's arguing with me on that one. So I, I like our defense. I like our defense a lot. I think that our defense can win us some several games. But I know in the NBA, and I know everywhere else, it's always defense wins championships. And uh, I don't think I don't think the Big 12 defense is winning championships yet. It's not winning championships for sure in the SEC. Everyone heard my opinions on that last week, but it's not winning us. I don't think it's winning us a championship either in the Big 12, and that's where offense needs to step up. I'm curious where what Spencer looks like against a bad, you know, against a, a worse defensive team um, in Texas than we've, anything we've faced so far this season besides maybe Tulsa. That was a weird game with backup three different quarterbacks playing in that game total. And... <laughs> I'm curious to see how Chuba plays another one, how Eddie Brown plays another one, how Tylen plays another one. I mean, good Lord. I I think that we can do insanely, insanely well. And we're also averaging the the second least amount of yards allowed per game in the Big 12 at 303 yards per game. Again, that is four games, including Tulsa. West Virginia is you know, averaging 261 yards per game allowed. They played five games. And after us, it you know, goes down to OU and Baylor and Iowa State and then Texas at 383. So we're not all separated by a ton besides, again, uh, KU and, and Texas Tech. But, I, I, again, another stat where our defense looks pretty darn good, Texas's doesn't. So I'll take it and I'll keep trying to throw it out there, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I guess I, I'm confused on how Texas is favored in this game, to be honest with you. Um, because, of course, according to ESPN, who also owns the, the Longhorn Network, um, Texas is favored. But according to uh, Vegas and stuff like that, we're favored by three and a half points. Yes. yes. So, so it's clear what the general consensus thinks, because I would rather look at Vegas odds opposed to what ESPN tells me, you know? Um, well, unlike the matchup predictor on ESPN, like, how, I mean, I, I am throwing it out there because it's there. I don't know how much that actually ever is true or whatever, too. I, it's all weird. Yeah, and so I think another interesting thing to point out is Ellinger is Texas's leading rusher. Yeah, yeah. That's the next thing I was going to say. So that's rather interesting for many reasons, of course, because not saying we don't have to worry about a running back, but for example, Chuba, who we thought got off to a slow start, has 478 yards, and Ellinger has 293. Obviously, Chuba has had more carries. That's obvious. We, we He's the running back. Um, but the fact that they don't have... It appears, based off statistics, that they don't have a clear running back choice, right? That's what I would assume. So I don't necessarily know if that's something that we don't really have to worry about. But it looks like, I mean, they have three guys that are all over uh, 100 yards rushing. So, and they're all averaging over four yards a carry. So it's not like they're... um, getting slacked off or anything, but it's, I, I would, I would say that's definitely an interesting thing that, that, uh, we should look out for, which fully continues to reinforce my fact of if we don't spy Ellinger the entire game, then I will be thoroughly confused. So I'll say this, if we ended up spying Ellinger and let's say we spy him, but he's, I don't know, maybe his predictions of a dark horse Heisman candidate or whatever, you know, are out there and he's a little bit smarter than, you know, putting the quarterback spy on him, right? Let's, let's say he figures it out and crap, you know, the spying Ellinger didn't work. But just literally adding one more rusher, you know, just, just adding another guy just going, hey, you know what, we're just going to put four up front or, you know, five up front, whatever it is. We're just going to rush the quarterback and create a ton of pressure on him every single play of the game. Because Ellinger, every single time I've seen him, I've seen him play a game where he has scored nine points to OSU's 13. I've seen him score, you know, and I've also seen him score, like, it seems like 50-plus in a game, too, right? So, mm-hmm. He he is definitely the roller coaster that drives Texas every single game. And what he had 60 plus rushing attempts on the season for Texas. Texas as a team has 186 rushing attempts. So that to me seems though, okay, if we can just knock around Ellinger, you know, we can get to the quarterback, we can create pressure. I'm not saying take him out of the game. I'm just saying if we can create pressure and get to him. That is going to be a huge thing for us, just period. Texas is third in the Big 12 in rushing yards. They have 874. They 
uh, average 174 yards a game rushing, 175. I'm rounding. We are number one in the Big 12 in rushing at 216 yards per game rushing. The key differences here is that we have, I mean, almost you know, 15, 20 more attempts than than Texas rushing the ball too. But our average is, you know, yards a game is higher. And our average on attempts is just a little bit lower, 4.3 versus their 4.7. Iowa State, in case anyone's curious, Iowa State is second in the Big 12 in rushing yards. So, and Brees Hall definitely upped those a little bit last week because he had two rushes, it seemed like almost in a row, that were 50 yards plus. But nonetheless, the the point I'd like to get to is that I think we can get to Ellinger. I think we can really sack and create a lot of pressure. That help out a lot. And your point of, I think we should put a quarterback spy on him the whole game. I definitely agree with, you know, I mean, Rodarius mm-hmm. Williams or, you know, I don't think that, no, it, I don't think that the safeties are going to. Yeah. Okay. It'd be that it's, it's whoever the linebacker is, or if they decide to bring down Malcolm Rodriguez, um, I don't see that happening because I think he's just a really good, like, open. So what if we, what if we get, uh, yeah. Has been playing linebacker. Um, will, will most likely be the person spying. Can you repeat so, that? Yeah, yeah. So what if we get Amon or Calvin Bundage and looks like, when you Google, I'm going to say linebackers. Rodriguez does come up as one of them. I don't know necessarily why. I think he plays more of just the baby safety kind of deal. But either either way, you, I think you get Bundage or Amen to spy the whole mm-hmm. game. And if it's me, you do Calvin uh, Bundage just spies on him the whole game and creates pressure. Right? You know they that that's what you'd hope for. If you're Calvin Bundage, you want this to be the highlight film right of the season. You know, uh, dude, I've got a chance to be a top third round, top three, um, third round, you know, total draft pick or so. If this game goes incredibly well for me and everything checks out the rest of the season. The other thing I'd say, too, is that if Trace Ford can just blow up Texas's O-line, he's getting national recognition. He's getting called out on college game day, you know, for I believe he's a redshirt sophomore, mm-hmm. just a sophomore. And he's getting recognition on college game day. So Trace Ford can just go ahead and just take care of their, their O-line and blow them up enough. Then you leave Bundage, Colby Harvell Peel, and Rodriguez, and a couple of the other guys back there to make sure that there's no pass that goes over their head and we're all good to go there too. Then, I mean, we could be in a really, really, really good position, to be honest. So I would assume that they're just going to – so Bundage is leading the team in sacks. So I'm going to assume that they're just going to let him go. Yeah, like that's a good point. Gonna, he's that's just going to blitz. And I feel like it'll be Ogbon Bamiga that will be doing the spying, and then Malcolm Rodriguez will kind of – because he plays more on the outside. He's like He does a little bit of cleanup stuff, and he gets a lot of tackles for loss and stuff like that. So I would assume, based on how quick – Ogbon Bamiga is that he's going to be the one that is spying Ellinger. Um, or it'll change. It could change based on what we decide to run. I don't know how good their receivers are this year. Um, and they clearly so far um, don't have a running back that they 
trust in yet. So mm-hmm. it's like if we stop Ellinger, then we win. Yeah. I mean, we we lead the as far as defensive leaders are in the Big Twelve. We are number one in least amount of points allowed, number two in least amount of yards allowed, number two in most amount of sacks per game. You know what, 15, uh, West Virginia is yeah, number one there with 18. So we're we're up there. And, you know, OU is like, you know, um, third for most of these things in sacks and yards allowed, um, points they're not on the board. But... We, we are also in a couple of different of the, the offensive stuff. Number one in rushing the Big 12. Number five in the total yards per game. You know, but we're almost tied for fourth there with Texas Tech, and our offense has been weird. So, I, I guess I'd say two things. One, I do wish Spencer had been healthy the whole season because we'd have a better feeling going into this game, right? Mm-hmm. Two, two, I think that, I have a lot of confidence right now with Spencer period because we never saw Shane play in the Iowa state game. Gundy trusted in Spencer and the offensive staff did and Casey Dunn. And we never brought in Shane, never felt like we really had to, I guess. And still, still beat Iowa state who at the time was tied for, you know, leading the big 12 with K state and us. And so that's another Mm -hmm. domino we got to knock off and, Keep it moving. Now, I believe if it's correct, we play Texas here, and then the next game up after that is K State, right? So we're, uh, you know, we can really, really make some room here for, I guess, for Oklahoma State. Period. If we can beat Texas mm-hmm. and then keep it going, right? Yeah, and this this is the game that kind of seems like the litmus test for us. Like, I know I probably said that about Iowa State, but, like, Texas, like, most people would value beating Texas more than they would Iowa State. That's mm-hmm. just, sorry, sorry, you know. I know that Iowa State was considered a better team and all that, but I would – I would feel much better about beating Texas because at least we know that we can beat a team that has better players than us, hypothetically. Right. 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 And, and so like, cause if we beat Iowa state, then, well, we probably should beat Iowa state, you know, but if and, we, you know, yeah. if, if we come out and play well against Texas, then I will feel very confident, especially if, you know, if we beat them handily and then, you know, oh, you beat them in overtime, then then I'll feel much more confident with that. Yeah, and the other thing I'd say is is that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look past you know K State, right? I'm not gonna try to mm-hmm. you know I'm not gonna try to look past Texas, excuse me, and look look forward towards K State. But with that being said, K-State hasn't played anyone besides OU this whole season. And that OU game we know was weird. It was the first game K-State played uh, in the Big 12. I believe it was the same for OU. It was a real weird-looking game. You know, OU couldn't come back the end, couldn't hold off K-State, which, I mean, that's just weird to me. A K-State team coming back in the end for two years in a row against OU. And doing at OU, 
it just seemed like such an overall, just the just the weirdest possible way to go to beat OU is to do that. That never OU never lets a team come back against them in Norman mm-hmm. when they watched them last year. It's like, how did OU not treat that as a revenge game and just beat the crap out of them like fifty to twenty? You know, so I don't know. Um, but I, I will say, if if we're able to win on Saturday. You know, it's got those spooky vibes because it's Halloween and it's, you know, I, I hope we hype it up and we wear like just straight up black uniforms with a bunch of orange striping on it or whatever and really make it, you know, kind yeah, of just a cool nice. event to watch. Yeah, yeah, just really go full into the Halloween theme, especially since we've got those colors anyways. But then again, you know, we, we win this game and then all of a sudden you and I are talking about the K-State team that, they play at West Virginia this weekend. They they could win that game. They could lose that game this weekend. So far, they've played, you know, K-State beat Texas Tech by 10. They beat TCU by 7. Then they just trounced KU over the past weekend. So, and they've lost Arkansas. They lost Arkansas State uh, to open up the season, too. So, they already have one mm-hmm. loss. I'm excited. I'm hopeful. And I think we can beat uh, Texas this, this coming weekend. This is what I want to get to. And then... It looks pretty darn nice playing against K-State, having a bye week, I believe, then playing at OU, which that game, I don't care what we've done previously this season. I don't care if we beat Texas by 60 <laughs> this Saturday and we beat K-State by 80 the following Saturday. It's OU, and it's at it's in Norman, too, and it's we haven't beat them in five-plus years now, so or maybe four, maybe, maybe this is the, be the fifth. So, no matter what, that game will make me nervous the whole time. But, hey, so far so good. We're doing fine. Let me, let me wrap up today's podcast here by asking you. Do you have a score prediction for this game coming up on Saturday against Texas? Um, I'm going like 35-24 OSU. 35-24. I really love that. I really love the amount of points that you're saying we're scoring. And the amount of points that we're honestly holding Texas to. I mean, that's that's saying that we're aver- that we allow twelve more points than our average on the season so far. But I think that's probably normal. This all Big Twelve teams score a lot, except for KU, and we haven't got to the meat of our schedule as far as like really good offensive opponents. Brock Purdy's pretty darn good. He's not bad, but besides Iowa State, you know, we played KU in West Virginia. They're not known for scoring, so. Uh, I, I'm going to say a little bit more conservative, but very, very close to what you're saying. I'm going to say 28-21. And, again, that's just because I haven't seen our offense just go off yet. I haven't seen Chuba just have a 150-yard rushing game yet, even though maybe he has, actually. He averages like 94 in a season. But I haven't seen him just go off yet. I haven't seen Tylen catch a bunch uh, passes yet either. Granted, Shane Ellenworth and – Spencer are both and throwing it to him, so it's got to be weird. I'm going to make excuses as much as I can, but should be a great game this this Saturday. I'm going to say 20 at 21 OSU, and we <laughs> yeah, improved to, forward to it. Um, 5 and 0. Yeah, that's, I mean, if, because this would be the end game, right? Like, that's what I said. This would be, this or K State would be the game that we would just blow and we shouldn't. Yeah, the K State game would irritate me more if we somehow lost to them 
after beating Texas, just because it's K-State, like, we should beat them, but we have played every game at home except for at KU, and that K- you know, we, we know how it is playing against KU so far this season. It's not, not mm-hmm. hard, so if K-State can score 55 on KU, then maybe we should score more against them, too. It's it is what it is. I'm not going to make too much fun of KU because they're predicted number one overall, or number, excuse me, number two um, this year in the Big 12 for the first time. They're not going to win the Big 12 as far as a prediction since 2011-2012 season, but that's beside the point. We can get to basketball much much later on this season at least. So, yeah, with that being said... OSU was picked seventh. Yeah, which... which probably say that for a podcast here in a week or two whenever I do get fully power and the whole setup back but that's that's a head scratcher nonetheless so anyways um with that being said Jake thanks so much for listening for joining me here for the latest episode of the CJ Tour podcast please follow at the CJ Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more and we will catch you guys again soon thanks guys peace